Hey friend, welcome to the Restore Mind podcast, where we are going to be talking about various life topics surrounding mindset transformation. Imagine what it will look like to have peace in your life, despite what the world is telling you. Hi, my name is Caroline, a wife, mom of three, and makeup turned fitness enthusiast. I am here to help you build a strong mindset that will propel you forward into a life of peace and joy. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Well, my friend, there is freedom waiting for you. So if you are ready to build a 2.0 version of yourself, then this podcast is for you. So grab your water or whatever you like to drink, throw on your walking shoes, and let's get going because it's always 4.13. Hello and welcome to the Restore Mind podcast. My name is Caroline and I'm so happy, my friend, that you're back with me here today. If this is your first time listening to an episode of the Restore Mind podcast, hi, hello, welcome. I'm happy that you're here. On this podcast, we talk about mindset transformations from a faith lens perspective. And I get into all the things and I talk about my experience and the struggles that I've gone through. So I'm not an expert in anything really other than my past. And these episodes are created with the intention of hopefully inspiring you and letting you know that even in the midst of your dark time and your struggles, there is still light at the end of the tunnel. So if you're new here, welcome. I'm happy that you're on board and I hope that you continue to stay. I'm just thankful that you're here. And to my returning listeners, thank you so much for taking the time out of your week to listen to an episode of the Restored Mind podcast. Okay, so if you haven't been listening, we are making a topic called Get Specific into mini-series, which I've broken up into three different episodes. So if you missed last week, which was the first one, it's talking about getting specific in your goals. This week, today, we are talking about growing in faith. And then the last one that I have is going to be getting specific in what you want to be when you grow up. All right. So today, we're focusing on growing in faith. There's so much scripture that I have to share with you today. And I'm super pumped because this, I believe, is going to be my favorite episode from the three that is going to be created. So let's get into it. All right. So growing in faith can be so easy to do when we are reading it, right? When we're reading about ways to grow in our faith, it's so easy to do in our minds, but harder to put in application in real life because we get in our own way. There's three things I believe that if you work on it, it'll help you grow in your faith. To start off with, I'm going to be diving into Ephesians 2, 8. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. I thought that this was a very befitting verse for today's episode because it helps us realize that faith is a gift from God. Salvation was created for us before we knew that we needed it. Salvation means God's grace freedom from sin because of Jesus. So the good deeds that we do or where we place our worthiness has nothing to do with God's grace and salvation. It has everything to do with Jesus whose blood paid in full our debt sin. It is based on his worthiness, the things that he did that set us free. It is through faith that we are saved. To have faith means to simply believe. Believe in Jesus. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
So my friend, even if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, that is still enough to sprout roots and to grow. I grew up on a farm and my parents used to plant mustard greens because that's one of the main vegetables that we would eat. And every summer they got to a certain growth in their lifespan that these mustard plants would end up having these pods. And I used to wonder what these tiny little seeds were. I had no idea that they were mustard seeds. But anyway, I love this verse, Matthew 17, 20. It's my favorite verse. I had a friend that gifted me a necklace with a mustard seed on it. And I wear it just about every day. But it says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. Even a seed as small as a mustard seed can sprout roots and grow. My friend, if you have faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. We're going to be talking about gratitude, prayer, and serving. And the first one we're going to talk about is gratitude, which is giving thanks even in the storm. It's about trust. I have an episode out specifically talking about gratitude. It's episode five. If that's something that you feel like you really need more insight in, I recommend checking out that episode. Basically, I talk about how most of the time we find ourselves giving thanks around the holidays, but we forget to be thankful the rest of the year. We're practicing gratitude, right? Practicing thankfulness even when things are mundane. It's so easy to look at our life and say, I'm waking up at this time and doing this. This is my daily routine. It's repetitive. I don't know what to be thankful for. But if you take a moment and you start practicing having a grateful attitude, then you can start to get specific and name what you are thankful for and why. It helps you see that even in the mundane things of your routine, the repetitiveness of your routine, there's still something to be thankful for. As a matter of fact, you can find a lot of things to be thankful for when you're actually searching for it, or you can find a lot of reasons to complain if that's all that you're looking at. So share how the blessings that God's poured over you has blessed you. God likes reassurance. We can do that through living a life of gratitude, through prayer, which I'll talk about in a little bit, and learning to lean on him, not only in times of celebration, but in the times of struggles as well. Because when we are weak in him, we are strong. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. That's the heart of this podcast for many reasons. And also when we are practicing gratitude, it helps you grasp what it is that you're thankful for. Think about when someone apologizes to you, but doesn't specify why they're sorry or when someone thanks you, but doesn't say why. Naturally, your response would be or to say, what, what are you thankful for? What are you apologizing for? With a confused look on your face or a confused tone in your voice. So get specific with your gratitude. It doesn't always have to be something grand or spectacular. It could be for the simple things like the air in your lungs or that you received rest the night before, despite how good or bad you slept. Practicing gratitude helps keep a complaining heart and mind away. When we have a negative mindset or negative self-talk about the things that we are lacking in, we miss the gift of what was received. And I'm going to use sleep as an example because that was the last example I used. Your sleep might not have been the best sleep, but if you're living a life of gratitude, then you're able to be thankful for the little bit of mental and physical rest that you did receive on some level. It's when our soul is tired is when we rest in Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest for the soul, 
when you are resting, there's a sense of peace. Another way to grow in faith is to get specific in prayer. I have so much to say about this because this is a huge game changer for me. Old me used to use prayer as a last resort. And then often I would wonder why my prayer life wasn't growing or that my prayers seemed repetitive and awkward. Not awkward in a way where I was fumbling with words because I still do that at times, but it felt awkward in a way where I felt like I was talking to a complete stranger. I didn't know who God was, but I knew that I needed his help in my times of stress. And asking for help felt really weird. It felt awkward because I didn't know who I was talking to, simply put. There's this song called Lord, I Need You. I'm sure you've heard it before. It's by by Matt Mayer. And the chorus says, Lord, I need you. Every hour I need you. And I would often wonder how I could begin to be thirsty or hungry for more of God, that I needed him as much as this song says. I wondered if that was even possible. And honestly, the only way to get better is to keep practicing. The only way to get closer to God is to continue to talk to him so that it doesn't feel so awkward like you're like you're talking to a stranger in prayer. The only way to do that is to keep practicing in prayer. And God's not looking for eloquent words. He's looking for your heart. So don't feel like you have to have these extravagant words or have them flowing in a certain way for it to make sense. No, God just wants to be with you. He wants to have a conversation with you. He wants you. Communication with God should not be the last resort. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17, it says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Pray without ceasing. Be in a prayerful state, praying often with God, even in the storms. Right? That goes along with gratitude. When we are praying in our storms, we find things to be grateful for, even when things get hard. Get specific with your prayer. Pray over the root of your prayers. For example, if you are praying because you are interviewing for a job and you're worried that you might not get it, the question is, what is at the root of your worry? Is it because you've been rejected multiple times from a job interview that you feel like you might get rejected again from this particular job interview. The crazy part is that most of us might feel like that in our life. But the thing is that we don't even know what's happening yet. And we've already set ourselves to worry about these things. Praying over the root of your prayers means you want the core of your worries to be uprooted. It begins with self-awareness. You are not perfect. No one is, not even me. I'm not perfect. And when we pray about for our flaws to be uprooted in us. It requires us to surrender the things we find hard to give up. It's about uprooting where you need change or what you need to see. And it could be both. Last summer, I spent a few weeks pulling weeds from my yard, simply out of boredom, but in a really weird way, I felt called to do that, even though I knew that pulling these weeds out of my yard was going to be a losing battle. But I did it anyway for some unknown reason. And as I kept pulling out these weeds, I noticed that some weeds had long roots. Those are the weeds that came completely out of the ground. And then other weeds that I tried to uproot had just the top and the root was still in the ground. 
So in relation, it paints an imagery of how we can often pray. Are we praying for just the surface things or are we praying for the root of why we are feeling the things that we're feeling? And thinking back, maybe the simple reason for why I have the urge to go out into my yard and pull out these weeds was simply for this particular lesson. Are you praying for just these surface things or are you getting at the root of why you're praying over these things? Not only do we need to pray, but we also have to put God's words into practice. We have to be still and listen. I know you've heard that before. Be still and listen. Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still means stop and let go of the things that you cannot control. Don't react in the heat of the moment where emotions are running full speed. Instead, take a moment to cool off and let go. Let God be in control and stop trying to take over. God is in control no matter what happens. To listen is to obey. Practice obedience. James 1, says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. When I read that, I felt a lot of conviction. I would just read scripture and read devotionals. I didn't apply them. I always felt like I didn't know how to apply this to my everyday life because my life at the time was so lost that I felt like nothing could relate to what I needed to pull myself out of that. But that's completely wrong. Put it to practice. Reading scripture and reading devotionals, having conversations with friends is always so much easier than the actual application. Don't fall into the perfection trap where the lie is that it tells you if you mess up, there is no second chance. Because my friend, the truth is that with God, there is always grace. Your faith journey will not be perfect. Don't expect it to be. And don't expect that out of yourself. Know that God gives you grace and because of that grace, you can extend it to others. Put it into practice. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. We see obedience in Abraham. Hebrews 11.8 By faith, Abraham when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Are you an Abraham? Take a chance on faith. Obey even though the unknown can be scary. And I have an episode that talks about surrender. It's one of my most recent episodes. And honestly, one of the episodes that is becoming the fastest downloading on my podcast, which is really cool to see behind the scenes because I was actually really hesitant on releasing this episode, but it's called The Importance of Surrender, episode 16. What can you surrender? What do you need to surrender over to God? Stop trying to take control. You cannot always be in the know because even if, even if God told you what his plans are, you're still going to try to get yourself there the fastest way possible. But that's not how God works. He doesn't work fast-paced. He takes his time, just like he's took his time creating you. When we practice obedience, it will bleed into every aspect of our life because the more you sow, the bigger the harvest. 
So I encourage you, get specific with your Bible study. Get specific with your morning devotionals. Take the time to read your devotionals and scripture, then reflect. Don't just close the book, but reflect. Ask questions and have conversation with someone that might be reading the same devotionals as you or with a small group or even with your friends who you feel is close to you in your faith walk. And they might not be reading the same devotionals or Bible study as you, but I promise you they've experienced something in that field, whether it be love, grief, anger, gratitude, whatever that is, get specific in it and read more than just one. So if you feel like you need help in growing in love, read more than just one scripture, one Bible study, one morning devotional on love. Read multiple until it starts to sink in. Practice what you're reading. Reflect on what you're reading. Get specific. And the last way to grow in your faith is to serve. And I'm not going to lie. It used to pay me to serve others. And the reason why is because it used to be all about me. I used to ask myself, why do I have to do this? Or why am I giving up my time to do that? I was serving with a complaining heart. But 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I used to ask, how do I become a cheerful giver? Because I don't want to give up my time and I don't want to give up my resources. Because that means I'm giving up something that I don't really want to give up. And I was doing it with a complaining heart. But honestly, serving is not always about money. It's not always about how much you can give away or how much you can pour into someone financially. There are other ways to serve. Serve in ways that will add to your family, your community, and or your environment. And you don't always have to be at church to serve. Serving is how you can help someone. So it can take place wherever you are, whether it be at a grocery store, at a park, in a restaurant, in your neighborhood, at a doctor's office. Wherever you are, are you serving and are you serving well? Serving doesn't always mean that you have to give something tangible away either. Sometimes it's just a genuine conversation, meaning you're giving up your time. I was at a doctor's appointment recently with my daughters and a mom was with her son who was sitting right in front of me. We were all in the waiting area. Her son was sitting in the stroller and he dropped his pacifier. Now I noticed that she got up to check what had dropped, but she didn't find what it was. So she just went back inside of her chair. I saw that and I asked my oldest daughter, Aria, to go pick up the pacifier and hand it to his mom because I had my youngest in my lap at the time. And that ended up striking a conversation because prior to all of this, I was talking to my daughters and they've never heard of the game telephone. So I was teaching them how to play that game. And it was really fun because I loved seeing the joy in their faces and in their voices as we were whispering these messages to each other. But she struck up a conversation and asked me how old my girls are. And that's how we ended up talking about pieces of our life, our motherhood journey. And I don't know if she needed that conversation more or if I did. Which, if I'm being completely honest, was probably me. Because even though it was brief, it felt good to connect with someone. We let each other in on a very special part of our life. And I ended up being thankful for that conversation. Do you love well? That is a question that was very convicting for me during a dark season of my life, which I like to call the lost years. I so badly wanted to say yes. Yes, Lord, I love well. But 
the truth is that I do not love well. And I couldn't say yes. When I finally answered honestly to myself and said, no, I don't love well, the following question was, why not? And for a long time, I didn't know. But then another question fell upon me. Do you love even the ones in your life that are hard to love? It got me thinking. We usually have a subconscious bias that makes us pick and choose who we love more. Those are the ones that are easy to love in our life. They are usually known as my favorite people or person, right? That's what we label them as. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Because to be quite honest with you, more relational capital means more love being poured in and out of that relationship. It's when we love only those people and build a mindset that we don't need anyone else but these people is what keeps us from loving well. Because even Jesus sat down with those who are hard to love. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 12, Jesus says, It is not the healthy who needs a doctor, but the sick. If Jesus can sit down with those who were hard to love, why couldn't I? When that question came across my mind, I was quite disappointed in myself, as a matter of fact, because all this time I thought that I had loved well. Throughout my whole life, I thought I loved well. But the truth is that I only loved well for those who were easy to love in my life. The ones that were hard to love, I tried to stay away from because I didn't want anything to do with that. And thinking back on it, it reminds me that I didn't want anything to do with that because it made me uncomfortable. It made me uncomfortable to have a conversation with someone that I didn't really know, which brings me back to what I said in my prayer life. The old me used to feel awkward talking to God because he felt like a complete stranger. My friend, are you ready to grow in your faith? And I know I say this multiple times on my Instagram and on multiple episodes that it is so much easier to read these things or to listen to this podcast than it is to put into application. I know that in a season of hardship, it feels like there's just so much going on and the burden is so heavy. You feel like you're, you're holding so much weight on your shoulder. You're just not sure if you could possibly take on any more hardships. It's in these moments where we are forged, where our faith is being built. Faith of a mustard seed can grow mountains. Do not give up. Put into application what you're learning. Do not deceive yourself. Do what it says. And I know it's hard, but my friend, you can do hard things. Hey, thank you for listening. If this episode has spoken life into you or your mindset transformation journey, please share it with a friend. The growth of this podcast is possible through you. So thank you for your support and for being a part of the family. I look forward to talking to you again next week here on the Restored Mind podcast.